This is episode 32 of On the DOT, your go-to source for information about the Indiana Department of Transportation. Every month, we take you on a deep dive into the inner workings of the agency to answer your burning questions about roads, bridges, and everything in between. On this month's episode, we're highlighting our LaPorte District with Communications Director Adam Parkhouse. We're talking about a new innovation in their district called the Flex Road, and as always when we're discussing northwestern Indiana, we're talking about snow. We hope you enjoy this month's episode of On the DOT. Welcome to On the DOT. Jason Tiller here once again, and uh, I'm joined by Adam Parkhouse as we are doing our LaPorte District Spotlight. How you doing, Adam? doing great man thanks for having me i'm glad to have you on it's a uh, very rare that we're actually in the same place although less rare now that we're uh, taking this class together here and uh i mentioned that because i want to say thank you to uh, ball state university uh their fishers campus here on uh, visionary way in uh in indianapolis we're, we're doing our class here today and uh we just happen to have this opportunity to uh, to get together, and uh, they've graciously allowed us to use their conference room. Beautiful conference room. I love all the glass bricks. One of my favorite things. Actually, I, genuinely and honestly, that is one of my favorite uh, favorite things to use in building. Okay. But, uh, all right. But definitely want to say thanks to Ball State for uh, allowing us to use this room. So, to be clear, we kind of took the room. We, but we really yeah, did, but we did ask permission. We just kind of set it off into the ether, and said, we're just going to go in here, and nobody really stopped us. So sure, I guess we we did ask, yeah, which is fine. Yeah, exactly. It's great. So uh, yeah. So anyway, Adam, uh, how, how, we were supposed to have Matt Deitchley with us today, and of course, uh, Matt Deitchley is the. Uh, did they do they want us to call him deputy? District the uh, uh, district deputy commissioner. Yeah, I didn't know what the, like their their titles have changed a couple times over yeah. the last couple of years, so I wanted to make sure we called him the right title. Um, but but Matt is the district deputy commissioner of Laporte District. He is also a friend of communications. Um, mm-hmm. He was my colleague when I first broke into NDOT about seven years ago. Uh, he actually did the same job that I do right now. So. Um, he was going to be on and it was going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, he couldn't be here today due to extenuating circumstances. And, uh, we just wanted to say, uh, Matt, where you at, man? <laughs> so he's my boss. So I just call him, sir, sir. So whatever his title is, I just, we just go with sir, yeah. sir. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I imagine there's a, there's a backstory behind that. No, I, I just like to, would you like to call him sir? Sure. For no reason? Yeah. Okay. And if you can't tell when Adam and I get together, it's always a little bit of a, uh, we, we cut up a little bit because we, we have a good relationship, working relationship from uh, uh, being in communications together. So uh, we don't uh, don't judge us if we get a little bit silly throughout the, the episode because we will yeah. probably make some jokes and uh, expect this to be a much more relaxed episode. So, Adam, uh, I will say, let's go ahead and get into our first topic, though. And uh, I wanted you to tell me, uh, of course, the purpose of this episode is to talk a little bit about what's going on in LaPorte District and really give you guys uh, an opportunity to highlight yourselves to the statewide audience. And so one of the things that you and I talked about pre-episode was Flex Road. Can you give me some some information? Yeah, definitely. So um, Flex Road is a project that we're all pretty excited about. It actually was NDOT's first PEL study. Uh, PEL is an acronym for Planning and Environmental Linkages. Um, What it is is kind of a little bit of a newer project development process that seeks to better link the planning and environmental stages of a project. And uh, one of the takeaways of that is it's uh, hyper-focused on public involvement 
throughout the process, not just at the end when we would typically do like a public hearing or something like that. As um, there are stakeholder meetings and community advisory groups and things like that that kind of play out through the process. And uh, so the first one that that we were applying this process to is the Borman Expressway in uh, Northwest Indiana. So I eighty ninety four that basically connects Chicago, um, you know, to the goes all the way up into Michigan and but the Borman Expressway ends at 65 so we're talking about an area between um, I-65 and just over the Illinois state line um, so this is uh, one of those projects that got a got a name and got a, a branding initiative behind it and our, our friends at Parsons a wonderful consultant that um, we've uh, been uh, pleased to work with on this project um, through their creative lab process came up with this uh, they came up with a few things and um, some folks at the district uh, myself included, sort of landed on this flex road concept. And what we're really looking to do here is to uh, add capacity without adding capacity, right? So adding a lane on the Borman Expressway or any interstate, really costly endeavor. We're measuring in billions probably, right, for a 13, 14 mile stretch of road, which is what we're dealing with here. So what we look to, and if you're not familiar with that area, pretty tightly packed, a lot of homes, businesses, kind of very close to the interstate. So adding a lane would be a nightmare endeavor. Well, and let's be honest, too. I mean, you're talking about going from Indiana into Chicago, yeah. some heavily trafficked area anyway. Sure. I'm sure what? It over is over 100,000 ADT? Well, well over. It's the busiest stretch of road in Indiana. Uh, average ADT is about 200,000, actually. And ADT is average daily traffic yes, for uh, for those of you who don't like your acronyms. Yeah. On any given day, like a high volume day, you can see over a quarter million vehicles on this stretch of road. And what's, what's a little bit unique about the Borman is about 30% of that give or take, is truck traffic, which is right around double what you would expect to see on an interstate corridor like that. So a ton of traffic, a ton of truck traffic, um, crossroads of Indiana, right? That's what we are. And so there's a lot of traffic passing through this area. So um, a lot of congestion. If you're looking at Google Maps, you're going to see a lot of yellows and reds during that morning rush and then during afternoon. Um, so what we we're really looking at is how do we increase efficiency and mobility on the Borman without that tremendous expense of adding a travel lane, right? Um, so Flex Road takes a look at that. And some of the strategies that may come out of that, we're getting really close to identifying, um, you know, an alternatives package that we like. Parsons came up with a number of different packages and have presented those to us. But things that you might potentially see out there would be uh, this concept called hard shoulder running, which basically allows that inside shoulder to serve as a travel lane during peak times. And you control that via um, boards on overhead gantries. Uh, maybe you've seen this elsewhere where there'd be like a red X or a green arrow saying, you know, you, you can be in this lane or you, you should not be in this lane. Um, you might use the same type of system for um, uh, variable speed control. So uh, what we're looking to do there is to increase um, safety uh, via back of queue accidents, right? So when there is an incident further up the road, a lot of times we get secondary incidents toward the back of that queue where traffic comes and really kind of slams into the back of stopped cars because they're not expecting there to be a stopped car. So uh, variable speed control would say, hey, a couple miles back, let's start, let's step down traffic speeds. So step, so if it's a 55 mile an hour zone, you know, maybe a few miles back, we go to 45 and then another mile up the road, we go uh, to 35, et cetera. So, um, 
So that that's an interesting thing. There's a concept called ramp metering, which uh, if you've driven in the Chicago area, maybe you've seen this, uh, seeks to regulate traffic coming on and off exchange and, uh, ramps. So there's um, there's a lot of strategies out there. Uh, Fluxroad.com is a really cool resource. Uh, IndianaFluxroad.com, I think, is uh, the actual website. But um, IndianaFluxroad.com has a whole, whole ton of information on there about this project, and we're, we're excited about it. Um, we, we think it'll really change the face of the Borman Expressway, which, again, is the busiest stretch of road in, in the state. So and it needs it. Yeah, I imagine so. And we'll put the link to that in the description of this episode. I wanted to kind of go back to one of the things that you said, Adam. Um, you mentioned that uh, you were looking into the, the hard shoulder. And so we're talking literally about driving on the shoulder of the road. Now, which side yeah. of that would be and what would have to be done yeah. Uh, for something like that to be feasible. I mean, are we talking yeah. pave, paving partial uh, median sure. or is it the other side? So, so great question. So on the Borman, um, you know, there's a, a, a wall, median wall that separates traffic and there is a wide shoulder already existing there. So it's a, it's about the width of a lane, you know, roughly maybe a little bit larger actually. Um, so that infrastructure is there now. Um, is that lane, uh, lane hard shoulder, that shoulder built up enough to handle truck traffic. So that's something we would have to look at, but there's also all the stuff on the back end when we're going to open that lane, is it clear of debris? Is there a stopped vehicle somewhere? Um, has somebody thrown a mattress <laughs> down, which happens yeah, more? Yeah, very valid concerns. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, oh, we got to go pick up a refrigerator or yeah, you know, a exactly. washing machine. Sure. Yeah. These things happen all the yeah. time, you know. And so this is a real concern with this concept is um, it's not just saying, okay, we're going to make this shoulder available to drive on during peak times. But uh, you know, our maintenance crews, it's an added responsibility for them to, uh, you know, do a sweep of that area before we open that shoulder because we will open it we need it to be safe for everybody right um and obviously we have a lot of cameras our traffic management center is uh, able to closely monitor the situation out there so um yeah no, that's a good question there are a lot of uh, potential concerns with using that shoulder clearable hurdles but just things you have to operationally put into play before you can do it yeah and uh one more follow-up question adam um, you also talked about uh, eliminating the, the back of queue or at least trying to reduce back of queue crashes. And when you were talking about that, you know, initially uh, I went to, you know, that's the reason we don't like to put stoplights at every single intersection, especially on, you know, these four lane highways, uh, you know, because yeah. they can be hazardous. But back of queue crashes. I mean, that's a major concern for NDOT because we, Definitely. it's like you said, we have a, you know, a crash, you know, up the road. And then as traffic starts slowing down, you know, people don't expect them to be slowing down or they're not paying attention. Uh, you know, people are, are doing things they're not supposed to behind the wheel. And so they're not looking for that. And then boom, uh, secondary crash right there in the back of the queue. And I know that not only are we looking into this, but this is something that Purdue is looking into as well. And it feels almost you know, wrong to say Purdue and we're sitting in Ball State. But, chirp, 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 Ball yeah. State. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that is something that, you know, JTRP is looking into yeah. and, and some other things. Was that study, um, was that utilized as part of your, your back of Q? Um, if not, uh, talk about what was. Yeah, so Parsons has a team of people. These are, um, they're called TISMO strategies. TISMO is... I'm hoping I don't butcher this acronym, Transportation Systems Maintenance and Operations. So it's, it's 
seeks to sort of link a lot of those things. And, um, but let's just say Tismo for now. Um, Parsons has a couple of uh, kind of world-renowned Tismo experts at their at their uh, at their disposal, and they've been an integral part of this process. They, they have put in these systems all over the all over the country in California, in Michigan. Uh, Michigan's actually a good example of a lot of these strategies on um, U.S. I think it's twenty-three up in Michigan. If you're familiar with that area, they have a lot of these types of things already in place lower volume roadway, not exactly the same thing as the Borman Expressway, but same concepts, right? Um, so we're fortunate to be working with a partner here that has a ton of experience with um, this kind of thing. And uh, I think we're confident in the strategies that they, um, you know, would eventually suggest, uh, you know, based on, you know, their, their experience. So asking for Adam's opinion now, yeah. um, would you say that this is maybe one of the most ambitious projects that NDOT has taken on for quite a while? I mean, you, you mentioned that, you know, lower volume roads have these type of solutions. But, I mean, we're talking, you said quarter million ADT, and I cannot wrap my mind around that. Because, <laughs> I mean, we're talking, you're talking to a person whose heaviest travel road is 80,000 ADT. Yeah. So a quarter million people. And then you got to yeah. remember, you're also traveling into one of the biggest cities in the entire United yeah. States in Chicago. Plus, you've got the access to Michigan and, and so much more right in there. So, I mean, yeah. using what really is kind of, I don't want to say it's untested or unproven because I'm sure it is proven, yeah. but using this different type of technology, uh, knowing that, you know, there is some resistance to change. Yeah. Would you call it an ambitious project? You know, ambitious maybe. Um, I think it's very forward thinking. I think that, you know, functionally what we're trying to accomplish here is the benefit of adding a travel lane without the expense of adding a travel lane. You know, I, just using, uh, I mean, of course, depending on what alternatives package ends up getting selected here, or what project you know, potentially gets put into place, uh, we're talking about a fraction of the cost a literal fraction of the cost of adding a travel lane on the Borman, which again could measure in billions and, you know, and depending again on how aggressive we end up getting with this, um, you know, the, the it'll, it'll have a, a good price tag in terms of size of project, but the impact to that will be potentially really great um, to this expressway. It, it's important to consider here, we're not just looking at helping things today and you know, over the next couple of years, you know, we're looking 40 years, 50 years down the road. And you, you look at some of the traffic projection projections for an already very busy expressway. And, you know, they get pretty harrowing 44 decades into the future, depending on how areas grow and things like that. So, you know, I think, you know, the time to do something or take a look at this is now and it's exactly what we've done. And it's been a great process so far. We've, we've got some good feedback from the public. We've had um, a series of good uh, public meetings on, on this where we've um, had small but mighty groups come out and, and voice concerns and um, share thoughts. And um, hey, here's a here's a an area where I've experienced issues before, consider this, and the project team has been great about taking all that in and trying to factor that into, you know, potential alternatives packages. So, yeah, it's an, it's an ambitious project, like I said, but I think it's a, it's a, it's forward thinking. I think it's uh, really trying to get the most out of what our network is, you know, and what it can be. So, um, yeah, we're excited. We, like I said, we're, I think we're all pretty excited about it. And as far as like highway safety, you know, 
um, the, these solutions are designed with that safety in mind, but also in yeah. the build process, I want to bring attention to the fact that with doing the, the flex road concept, I mean, we're probably looking at what, you know, major impacts to worker safety as well. I mean, you're not going to have nearly as much out there as far as uh, manpower, equipment, things of that. So, I mean, uh, all around, I'm yeah. assuming this is probably a, a wonderful project for safety in general. Well, and, you know, we th- also think that this flex road concept will not just be limited to the Borman Expressway. This could very well be the first test case. And again, you know, we'll see, you know, what if any alternatives packages end up getting selected for this. LaPorte but, seems to have a lot of firsts in the state. Is that a fact? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah like uh, We won't talk about median. Well, wait, wait, what are we allowed to call them now? Oh, uh, uh, we reduced conflict intersections. Yeah. yeah, we did have the first one of those. Yeah, so it was almost six years ago now. Yeah. And, and then Vincent's had yeah. the second one. Yeah. So. Okay. Right on. Um, but we think this flux roll concept is going to eventually be, you know, applied to other areas of the state as well. In fact, that brand that we now have, flux road, that's been trademarked and all that stuff. You know, we would, you know, use that brand particularly potentially on other projects throughout the state. So I think this concept isn't going anywhere. I think this is just the the start. And um, I think it'll, you know, potentially, you know, have a great impact on, you know, various uh, thoroughfares, interstates uh, throughout the state. So it definitely sounds like a win, especially for those who expect more, uh, more projects, more bang for their buck uh, with, with less dollars spent. So yeah. sounds like a win-win for, for everyone involved. Adam, we're going to take our first break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, snow and how it's it's a little different in Laporte versus Vincennes or bit. really anywhere else in the entire state. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll be right back with more on the DOT. INDOT recently launched a new app, INDOT TrafficWise. Our INDOT TrafficWise app makes it easier than ever to prepare for your travels. The app has features like road closures, construction information, traffic cameras, route planning, snowplow cameras, commercial vehicle information, hands-free alerts, and more. You can even sign up for a customized experience that allows you to save your favorite cameras, set up travel time notifications, and save your favorite routes for easy access to roadway information like construction and closures. Find us in the Apple App Store or in the Google Play Store by searching INDOT TrafficWise. That's I-N-D-O-T-T-R-A-F-F-I-C-W-I-S-E. Somebody needs to report that pothole. Why aren't they mowing the grass in the median? When are they going to fix this road? You know there's an easy way to get answers to those questions and report the problems you see on interstates, U.S. routes, and state roads. Dial 1-855-INDOT4U to talk to a live customer service professional. That's 855-463-6848. Hate talking on the phone or have a fear of human interaction? We've got you covered. Go online to indot4u.com to use our Report a Concern tool. You can also report a concern through our INDOT mobile app for iPhone and Android. If you've got questions, we've got answers at 855-INDOT4U or online at indot4u.com. Hands-free is now the law in Indiana. That means you can't have a mobile device in your hand while driving. Help make Indiana roads safer. Learn about the new law at handsfreeindiana.com. And welcome back to On the DOT. Uh, we are with Adam Parkhouse from our Laporte District, and we are doing our Laporte District Spotlight this month. And uh, Adam, one of the running jokes 
at NDOT <laughs> is that uh, you guys are fighting snow year round. I mean, it's literally, it could be July and 90 degrees outside in Vincennes. We're probably looking at you guys being like, so uh, how many inches of snow did y'all get today? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. It's it's where Laporte is just such a different monster when it comes to yeah. uh, to snow. And I'll, I'll share a story with you real fast before we uh, jump into the meat and potatoes. Uh, this past winter, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to cover for our Crawfordsville district uh, during probably one of the biggest snowstorms <laughs> we've had in, uh, in in a few years. I think they said 11 years was what it was. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you can go back and listen to the facts about that story uh, in our February episode uh, with, uh, with, with our winter ops people. But um, just from Vincennes to Crawfordsville, yeah. was a shock to my system because we had yeah. i mean I, I learned what a v-plow is on that day yeah um and i'd never heard of that because we don't get call for it you know we get more ice in uh southern indiana and when we do get snow i mean we've never i i think we've gotten the most we've gotten since i've lived here was uh 12 inches at once and that was over the course of two days hmm. and uh, I know you're that's enough, but it, yeah. it's quite a bit. Yeah. And you know me, I'm not built for this kind. Of, I made a yeah. TikTok video about it. I'll never forget. You know, one of those. I'm I'm not built for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, Adam, I, I'm sure to your ears, when I say 12 inches, that probably sounds like child's play. Well, uh, to be clear, 12 inches of snow anywhere is quite a bit. Um, we do tend to get a lot of significant events over the course of a winter. Although I will say, you guys get a lot of freezing rain down there, and I don't know that I'd really want to deal with a lot of that because that's – I hate. there's nothing I hate worse than coming out in the morning and my car is just a sheet of ice. Like, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yes, we do get a lot of snow. We're, we're, you know, uh, Lake Michigan helps out with that a lot. We get a lot of lake effects, which really, you know, we always say there's, there's, there's two – in a snow event, there's two snows. There's the system snow, which comes in, and that's pretty predictable, five inches, seven inches. They can usually give you a fairly accurate range. You know, <laughs> Sometimes even the meteorologists struggle with that. But, um, but then there's the lake effect snow, which we always joke is somewhere between two and 12 inches. And there's really no way of knowing because <laughs> lake effect just kind of does what it wants to do. And if for those that aren't familiar, lake effect is you know this kind of snow band. It can be very isolated. Sometimes you might see just like a little blue streak on the radar is kind of extending down from the lake um and uh it, it can really produce a lot of snow in a very short amount of time and you might have clear conditions you're driving there's no snow and all of a sudden you like literally hit a wall of snow and so those are the things that really challenge us and you know we'll, we'll have a snow event i'll be in south bend you know where i live and everything's great and then i'm hearing that over in lake county it's a disaster <laughs> and you know we had all hands on deck and they can't keep up and there's you know people sliding off and it just you know um so we can really have pretty staunch differences but yeah winter winter prep is a year-round event for us whether it's snowing or not we're always kind of thinking about it and trying to get drivers lined up for for the following winter ordering snow all that stuff so yeah it's a it's a big topic in the port district for sure yeah absolutely and so uh Neither one of us are meteorologists or, you know, winter weather science experts. But, you know, I'm sure living up there, you've probably got a good grasp on kind of what causes that lake effect. Um, Can can you give kind of an explanation of what 
why it yeah. is what it does? So it's basically just the system comes through, and if it if it's got a like a southern sort of trajectory, and I'm sure I'm going to botch the science on this, but I'll give you my best feel for it. I appreciate it that. literally picks up moisture from the lake, and then that moisture's got to go somewhere, so it dumps on the poor, unsuspecting folks that live just to the south of the lake. Um, and, you know, again, that that's where we really get concerned with some of these winter systems, and we try to do all this prep, and we have all these amazing tools at our disposal where we can really uh, very good predictive software that factors in all these different forecasts from all these different areas and, and organizations, and then this lake effect ban is just a big question mark that um, you just never know how much it's going to do or if it's going to come at all. Or um, And that's where things can get really hairy. You can turn like a seven, eight inch snow event into a 20 inch event um, in a matter of hours. So it's, uh, it's never fun to deal with uh, every winter. I say some version to myself of why do I live here? Because this is <laughs> This is awful. I don't like anything about this. I don't like having to brush off the car all the time. And it's just. You know, yeah. it's because you're a Cubs fan. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, sorry uh, to insult all of our gosh. Cubs fan listeners. Yeah. But, uh, Tough I'll times. Say, I'll say this. Um, one of the things that, um, you know, I don't think maybe a lot of people realize is, you know, you're not talking about like a once every, you know, year or so. We're talking leg of. Like, lake effect snow happens every single time it snows, or, or close well, to it, right? It I certainly mean, can. There's there's, the, there's the possibility for it, certainly in the northern part of our district, especially. You know, now, down in, you know, White County and Fulton, we're not seeing lake effect down far, that far south. But certainly the northern reaches of our of our district, so Lake County, Porter, LaPorte, into St. Joseph even, um, you do see that lake effect. And, it, it you know, it, there's the possibility for it you know, during any snow event, but, um, yeah, we, we certainly like when we hold, we're able to hold it at bay. We haven't figured out exactly how to control that yet, but, uh, maybe, uh, somebody will come up with a cool innovation someday to, to handle that for us. Boy, I hope so. But I mean, kind of the point <laughs> I was making with that, Adam, yeah. was that, you know, in Vincennes, you know, we get a 12 inch snow or, you know, even honestly a six inch snow yeah. and it's a monumental event. Sure. Like we're, we're struggling. Yeah. Not necessarily that, you know, our people aren't prepared for it, but I mean, it's just, it's a lot to fight, uh, for, for the equipment that we have and for yeah. the manpower that we have. Um, you know, a normal snow for us is, you know, we, anywhere from a dusting to a couple of inches, and that's yeah. that's kind of our sweet spot. But I mean, you all have to be prepared for well, a potentially what would be what would be in Vincennes a completely monumental event that would shut down yeah. half, half the towns in our sure. district. You know, it, it, one of the other things you have to consider here is construction projects, and a, f- a favorite uh, phrase around the district is. Well, we got to get this done before the snow flies, right? Because it is a real threat when these projects, some of them are longer full season projects. And we have usually a window between April question mark and November question mark to get these projects done. And we, we've seen significant snow events in November. It does happen. Um, 
And, you know, if we have projects that are, you know, kind of in the in the process of wrapping up around that time, we have a lot of temperature sensitive um, elements of those projects on the back end. And it, it you know, it's, it can be a real concern as we look at uh, projects wrapping up is, you know, if we get winter comes in early, it can, you know, it can really present some challenges for us. And you know, we, we do everything we can to try to avoid that from happening, obviously. But um, but yeah, it's it's another little wrench that gets thrown into <laughs> everything. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to plow snow with, you know, cones on the road. It really yeah. is. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, we don't want to have to, you know, we call it, you know, winter over a project. And every now and then there are extenuating circumstances. There's, you know, you kind of have to and you set it up, you know, as best you can for the safety of everybody. But, um, but yeah, it's it's not ideal. And I know our maintenance crews don't like it very much either. And they're out, they have hard enough jobs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me just say it is so Laporte District for you to have a term for when it snows during construction season. You know, we're wintering over the project. Okay. <laughs> and so, okay, J- Jason yeah. made us funny for, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about winter prep. You mentioned that it's yeah. a year-long process. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I think it is for every district. Sure. Not like it is for you guys. It, it certainly I – mean, yeah, look, I mean, you know, Fort, Fort Wayne, Crawfordsville, Greenfield, I mean, we all have this to some degree, right? It's just – and. Um, so we're not unique in that way, but you know, we obviously it's something taken very seriously. It's something that impacts a pretty significant part of our calendar. Like I said, from November to through kind of March, really. Um, you know, January, February, really being the spot where you can really get hit in the mouth. <laughs> and, and for comparison, uh, you know, in Vincennes District, our construction season typically starts mid-March. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not worried about snow after you know that. Yeah that spring weather comes in so yeah. and then we you know oftentimes we'll get you know we'll, it'll get cold but we don't really get it's like adam said we get hit in the mouth in january february with the snow but like we can still even do construction projects up through december sometimes yeah. when we have really good weather so that's just for comparisons yeah no for sure and you know, we certainly like when that's but it seems like every year for the last two or three years we'll get like a significant event sometime in november and it's like oh man it's really going to be a bad winter and then december is like nothing and then January and February really, really kind of cranks up. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just part of the part of the deal up here. And, you know, we snow and ice trainings will be coming up soon. I think they're already I'm kind of starting to come in on my calendar. Um, snow and ice training is where we, uh, for those that don't know, I, I don't know if you ever covered that on this podcast, but uh, we, uh, you know, get uh, our winter ops crews in a room and just, go over the basics, uh, not just the basics, but even the finer details of, of plowing snow. And it's not just get in the truck, put the blade down and go. There's a, there's a lot involved in this. And these, we call them snow fighters on social media. And they, you know, it's, it's an app term. Those, those, those men and women are just incredible the amount of time and effort they have to put into this and training year round and everything. I can't say enough about them. Yeah, yeah, agreed 100%. I mean, 12 and 16 hours in a truck. Yep. And and I know in some instances, I, I don't know if they get more than that, but, I mean, it's definitely – you, you get out yeah. of the truck, you go sleep, you come back to the truck. Yeah. And it's, and it, it's nuts. When we're in a full call-out event, which is, you know, uh, you know as you know, every every truck that we have available is out on the road. You know, it's we're out there until we don't need to be out there anymore. And sometimes that can be a couple of days. You know, we can be in full call-out for 
a couple of days at a time, depending on the event. And, um, it, you know, we, we just, just in our district alone, you know, we have 13 counties, we cover over 5,000 lane miles and that stuff takes a lot of time to clear, especially when you got a district wide event. Those, that's really when it gets to be dicey is when it's not just isolated to, you know, Lake County, but it's all over the place. And, um, so yeah, no, they, uh, they have very difficult jobs and we're very thankful for them, obviously. Absolutely. And Adam, we're running down low on time, but I got two more questions for sure. you that I want to hit before we uh, get out of here. Um, one, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, and I okay. do apologize That's for right. that. But uh, I, I figure if anybody knows it off the top of their head, you do. Yeah. Um, how much snow on, a- or not snow, how much salt, rather, oh. on average, does LaPorte District go through every year? <sighs> I think it's hard to put a number on it. You know, I, I could say, I could tell you just from driving around the district lately, our salt barns are full. The domes are full all the way to the brim. Um, and so we get this question every now and then, even from the public is like, what if we run out of salt? We're not going to run out of salt. Even if we are, we deplete our reserves that are currently there, we just get more. Like yeah. we're not going to, you know what I mean? So it, even if it's an intense winter and we're just out there three, four times a week, every week for two or three months. So instead of putting a number on it, I would just say that it's a lot, <laughs> you know, and these salt barns are very big if you've not seen them and, um, they hold an awful lot of salt. And like I said, we're, we're purchasing salt throughout the year. We constantly have supplies of it coming in. That's one of the year round aspects of, of winter ops prep is uh, making sure that we have enough salt ready to go you know when the time comes and and like i said just from driving around the district you know in the recent few weeks i've it looks like we are ready to go so that's that's good to know hey good deal and and also let me just plug this in the unlikely event that they ever ran out of salt there are other districts that get less snow (laughs) that they could come borrow salt from we can always find more if we need to salt salt is in supply we will make sure that they have it we're not going to let anybody go without um my last question adam and i'm sorry this is this is a random one just kind of pulled out of thin air but it does have to do with winter operations Something that we don't see down here very often, because uh, we honestly, we don't have the, the infrastructure to see this type of, uh, of operation, but it was always so cool to me, and I've got some, uh, some B-roll footage of it actually on our uh, YouTube version of this podcast. Uh, it's the gang plow. Um, can you kind of go yeah. over that just a little bit and kind of paint a visual picture for the listeners of what that is? Look, the plow gang is what we call it, and... I, I, there's a few things I love more at dot than that thing. It is cool. So basically this is used when, um, we get, we need to move the snow off of that inside shoulder and get it off the road, right? Because as we plow, the snow gets pushed off onto that inside shoulder. We gotta, we need to clear that up, especially if it's going to continue to snow. Otherwise the snow just spills over on one side of the road or the other. And it's, it's not good. Um, so what we do is you want to talk about like the ultimate example of teamwork. And I, I, I wrote in one of these last year and I did a, you know, some video for our social media, which was cool. Um, you know, you'll have, so say in the Borman Expressway, you got four or five lanes of traffic. You need, you know, four or five trucks. So you get a big truck, maybe a tow plow. If I, I don't know if you're, this audience is familiar with tow plows, but those things are cool. They can plow two lanes at a time. Basically got a little plow on the back that kind of fans out. And Fun, fun story about a yeah. tow plow, just real fast. Yeah. And then you can get back to your get plow gang story. Yeah. Um, when I, at first time I ever heard tow plow, 
<laughs> I wondered why it was called a tow plow because I yeah. was thinking T O E. Oh, T O W. But so yeah. if, I know there's probably if I'm if yeah. I did it, someone else did it. I'm sure. So uh, it's T O W. It's a pull behind plow that, like he said, fans out, and you can get two yeah. lanes at once. It's okay. it's really cool to see it in action. I it I, really lo- I love those things. Um, so so you'll see one usually. Typically, it would be a tow plow at the front of the line if we have one available. Um, and then you just have trucks staggered backward from there. So maybe the tow plow is covering lanes uh, one and two. And then there's another plow in lane three behind them and then behind them in lane four and then and so on and so forth. Literally just pushing that snow from one plow to the next and uh, getting it off that roadway. And it, it is really a sight to behold. And I'll tell you, like, every time we do something on social media with plow gang we'll just use hashtag plow gang or whatever people love it they we get a lot of shares we get a lot of comments and a lot of a lot of reactions and it is a cool thing to see and it's one of those like kind of instances of really cool teamwork that uh it's just when you see it in action it's just it's 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 a cool thing so it's uh we always try to take advantage of an opportunity to get video or photos of that when, when the opportunity arises yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you have to because that's just—it's cool. It yeah, really—if you it haven't is. seen it, I—I uh, yeah. I would urge you to find it on social media. I th- we might even have some footage up on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm definitely. not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, I think if you even just go like to our Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/in.northwest, and just search Plow Gang, yeah, you'll find you'll find something on there of some other things we've done. And uh, I, I never get tired of seeing it. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, same here. Well, I was going to say plug your socials, Adam, but you, you've already done that. <laughs> I beat you to the punch. Uh, you, did, yeah. you beat me to it. So uh, we are out of time, but yeah. uh, it's been a it's been a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, I really hope that our listeners will will gain some cool information out of this. And, uh, yeah. hey, why don't you share this on your, your uh, Facebook page that has over 100,000 likes at this point. So. Well, I, I think we will. I think – is that is that more than Vincennes or less, It's Jason? way more. You oh, know, is it more? I'm going to ask you to just, just not – anymore okay got it all right well adam thank you for being on the podcast with us this month and uh, we'll be back next month with a brand new episode of on the dot this has been on the dot a production of the indiana department of transportation for more information please visit our website at indot.in.gov For the latest updates on road conditions or construction, you can download our NDOT mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Submit your roadway concerns by calling 1-855-NDOT4U or online at NDOT4U.com. Find all of that information in the description of this episode. Full episodes of On the DOT are available on YouTube by searching for NDOT. You can also follow NDOT and all six of our districts on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Join us again every third Thursday for new episodes of On the DOT. Until then, travel safely, and thank you for joining us on On the DOT.